oftentimes toxic growth, the growth that is not healthy, the growth that is not good, the growth that is not sustainable, the growth that is not life-giving. Toxic growth is characterized by someone who leads with a clenched fist. If you want healthy growth, if you want to grow upward, you have to be able to give up. You have to be able to release control. You have to be able to loosen your grip. You have to be able to take a breath and trust others. If you have allowed your internal centeredness to be tied to an external outcome, you are operating from a posture of clenched fist leadership. And it's time to start loosening the grip. Well, hey there. If we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission, how that why comes to life. Now, whenever we started this business eight months ago, and it's almost hard to believe that it was eight months ago, sometimes it feels like it was eight days ago, sometimes it feels like it was eight years ago, but it was eight months ago. And whenever I started this business, I made a commitment and our team made a commitment that we said we're going to build in public. And here's what I mean by that. We decided very intentionally that we were not going to go behind the scenes to create something that was perfect and polished and ready to bring to the world and then bring that to all of you to show off. We said, no, we are imperfect people working with imperfect people, striving for excellent outcomes. And we're not going to deny that imperfection. In fact, we're going to play all out by acknowledging that imperfection. Now, of course, we're going to do our absolute best to serve you and to serve our customers every single day. But one of the things that I just love about the role that I get to play right now is that the rate of learning dramatically increased the moment we hit go on this business. And you know that learning almost always occurs as the result of action. And I would say even more so, the greatest learning often occurs as the result of mistakes or failures or fallbacks. And certainly that has been the case in this business. And so one of the things that I like to do on this podcast is just not just talk about the ideals and the principles. Well, those are all great and I love ideals and principles. I also want to talk about the messy nature of the application of how these things are learned. And so that's what I'm going to share with you today because the topic of today's episode is really a question. Are you leading with a clenched fist? You see, I think we've got an option. I think we have a choice to make as leaders. And by the way, at Path for Growth, we believe that if someone depends on you, then you are a leader. It has nothing to do with an org chart. But if you are a leader and if you view yourself as a leader, you have a choice. You can lead with a clenched fist or you can lead with a loose grip. And this is really tied to a principle that is at the core of what this company stands for. And I think it's a principle that I knew intellectually and maybe have even spoken about before, but it didn't become emotionally and psychologically real for me until I went through the experience that I'm about to tell you about. So as I said, we started the business eight months ago. And from day one, it was just go. 
And from day one, we were growing, which is a really exciting thing because the business is called Path for Growth. But literally, before we even had a website, I put out one social media post and sent out one email saying, although we were going to have many offerings, one of those offerings was going to be one-on-one coaching. And we had 40 applications come in in the first three days. I was like, holy cow, this is awesome. My calendar's already booked. And then within the first two weeks, we began the process of finding my assistant. And then within the first month, we decided, okay, well, now my my calendar's booked, so we're going to bring on another coach. And that's when we brought on my friend, Olivia, who's also a business owner. And she started leading a growth group of unbelievable impact-driven business leaders that have now been with us for eight months. And then about two months into the business, my buddy Zach called, and he was just so passionate about this mission. And I'll, I'll never forget how excited he was about what we were doing. And he said, this needs to have a podcast. And he said, I'll do it for free. We just need to have a podcast. And I said, well, we're not going to do it for free. We don't don't have much to pay you, but we're going to pay you something. And we started doing this weekly podcast. And then we decided it would be a good idea to start adding a rhythm of interviews into the podcast. And that started going really, really well. And now we're adding another growth group and we're bringing on more one-on-one clients and we're continuing to do more hiring within the business. And so almost from day one, we were on this path for growth, right? We were growing and I thought that was a really good thing. And if you had coincided with me at any point in that first six months, of this incredible roller coaster ride, I, I would have just said, man, I'm doing really well. I'm just so excited about how things are going. And I, I'm personally paying attention to myself. And I was sticking to my rhythms and sticking to my habits. And, and I, I would have told you, yes, I'm doing really, really well. Thank you for asking. I would have said that. But not only would I have said that, I would have believed that. So that was the case, just upward trajectory growth for the first six months. And it was in that context that in around the month of December, I actually had a trip get canceled. And and in the presence of that trip getting canceled, I decided, okay, I'm going to go to the beach for four days and I'm going to challenge myself to just completely turn off my phone, turn off my computer for four days. And I'm just going to be there by myself. I'm going to do some long runs. I'm going to do some writing. I'm going to do a lot of reading. It's going to be awesome. And honestly, I would have probably told you at the time, this probably isn't something that I need but it's probably just a good thing to do. So I get down to the beach in Panama City, Florida, and I'll never forget, I felt a little bit of tension whenever I turned off my phone and I hid it under a pillow just so it wouldn't be in sight. And then I, I turned and powered down my computer and hid that under the same pillow so it wouldn't be in sight. And I just say, uh, said, okay, four days, and I'll never forget. I sat down on the couch after turning everything off after the first six months of starting the business, and I just took this deep inhale and then exhale. And it was shocking because that occurred. And then suddenly there was this level of stillness that I don't think I had experienced for six months. And then I breathed in again. And then I breathed out again. Inhale. Exhale. And it was in that moment in that stillness that I became aware of the fact that that exhale was probably the first real exhale that I had taken since I started the business six months ago. And that was obviously incredibly refreshing and revitalizing moment, but it was also a little bit of a scary moment because I I realized At that exact moment, 
a principle that has become really core to the business that we're building and core to the way that we work with impact-driven leaders. And here's the principle. Health and growth are not the same thing. You see, our business had been growing like gangbusters and we everything looked up and to the right and, and really things were going really, really well. Our team was expanding. Our revenue was expanding. The number of customers we were serving was expanding. Our number of offers were expanding. We were growing and there were all the tangible metrics and markers of growth. But one of the things that I was absolutely clueless to as the leader of this business is that I probably wasn't doing a great job of attending to my soul. Just because you're growing doesn't mean you're healthy. But that's not what we hear all the time in business literature. I'm sure you've heard the quote maybe from a business speaker or a leadership speaker. I think I've even said it before, maybe on this podcast, that idea, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. You know, and we sound like a tough guy when we say it. If you're not growing, you're dying. And and certainly I suppose that's true. But just because you're growing doesn't mean you're living. I mean, one of the things that I've started to recognize is I know a lot of people and a lot of businesses that are growing who are just as dead as the people that aren't. So just because you're growing doesn't mean you're living. Healthy growth is not a guaranteed thing. But one of the things that I want to tell you, one of the things that I learned at that six-month kind of benchmark moment for me and for my business and for our team is that healthy growth is not guaranteed, but it is possible. Just because you're growing doesn't mean you're healthy. Now, you can have both. It's just not guaranteed. And here's the thing that I've learned. It never occurs accidentally. You do not stumble into healthy growth. You do not drift into healthy growth. It always occurs because of outrageous intentionality and commitment on the part of a leader. Now, one of the reasons why I bring that up with regard to today's podcast is because as I started to do a little bit of a postmortem on what had happened that six months, and I don't want to paint the picture that things were necessarily bad in that six months because they weren't, it just, I wasn't breathing. And if I had done that for another six months, this probably wouldn't have ended very well, right? Because I was just so uptight and I was so anxious and I was trying to push everything forward and I was trying to move at the pace of the marketplace and I was trying to say yes to every opportunity. If I had done that for another six months, it probably would have crushed me and it would have crushed our team because I was leading with a clenched fist. And that's what I want you to know is that oftentimes toxic growth, the growth that is not healthy, the growth that is not good, the growth that is not sustainable, the growth that is not life-giving, toxic growth is characterized by someone who leads with a clenched fist. And the opposite of leading with a clenched fist, and this is in the PDF associated with today's episode, and that's in the show notes. The opposite of leading with a clenched fist is leading with a loose grip. So I want to lay out, first of all, today what it looks like, and I want us to honestly assess what it looks like to lead with a clenched fist. What does it mean whenever we don't have a loose grip? What does it mean whenever we're trying to be overly controlling? And what does it mean whenever we are clenching our fists so tight that although we may be growing, it is certainly not healthy? Because think about this for a second. Wherever you are listening, maybe you're on a run, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're just sitting at home taking notes or in your office, or maybe you're listening to this with a team because so many of you do that nowadays. We get those pictures and we just love those. Just do this real quick. I want you to grab your fist and just clench them as tight as you possibly can. Keep going. Keep clenching. I want you to actually do this. Actually do this. 
That's probably a picture of how I mentally and psychologically and emotionally actually felt for the first six months of leading this business. And I will tell you, if you do that, if you lead with a clenched fist like that, if you are so gripped by needing to control things, you lose the ability to effectively serve people, but you also lose the ability to be passionate about the present. So what I want to talk about today is really where does clenched fist leadership come from? We're going to talk about the core belief. And then I want to ask really seven critical questions that I really want you to look in the mirror and assess yourself to see, are there areas right now in my life, in my growth, in my leadership, and in my business where if I'm being honest, I'm leading with a clenched fist. And then next week on the content episode, we're going to walk through what it looks like to lead with a loose grip. Loose grip leadership is what I call it. But let's start with the belief. Because really, I believe that many times we try to attack our actions and our words and we say, oh, I'm saying the wrong things or I'm doing the wrong things. And in reality, the thing that we should touch on first is what is the core underlying belief that is ultimately the root behind that fruit? Right? What is the root? What is at the core? What is at the source of all the things that's causing that toxicity, of the thing that's causing that clenched fist? And so what I want to talk about is, is the deception, the lie that causes us internally to externally lead with a clenched fist. So clenched fist leadership is rooted in a deception. And this is in your PDF. Clenched fist leadership is rooted in the deception that healthy growth and control can simultaneously increase. This is the lie that I fell for in the first six months, and this is the lie that so often, whenever I coincide with leaders, they've fallen for this lie, and and they get perpetually more miserable as their business grows because they've fallen for the lie that they can simultaneously retain, maintain, but not just retain and maintain, increase absolute control of other people, of other things, of other processes, of certain outcomes, of certain results. They can increase control and they can have healthy growth at the same time. Here's the deal. You can grow and retain and maintain and increase control, but it will not be healthy growth. It will undoubtedly, undeniably be toxic growth. Because if you want healthy growth, part of healthy growth, if you want to grow upward, you have to be able to give up. You have to be able to release control. You have to be able to loosen your grip. You have to be able to take a breath and trust others. So the lie that we are so susceptible to believing, and a lot of times it's rooted in good intent, is that healthy growth and control can simultaneously increase that they can both go up and to the right. But what I want you to know is that the truth is, is that if you want to invest in a pattern and a rhythm of consistent, healthy, life-giving growth for yourself as a person and for your team, you are going to have to be willing to release control. And so what we need to do first is say, are there areas where we have a clenched fist? Because one of the principles that we teach all the time within Path for Growth is that you cannot fix what you refuse to see and you will never conquer what you do not confront. And so step one of releasing a clenched fist and loosening your grip is saying, I'm going to own that there's areas where I might have a clenched fist. 
Because if we're going to live in denial that we operate in that way, or certainly that we're susceptible to operating in that way, or that that's someone else's problem, that's someone else's issue, well, then there's zero opportunity for growth because you will not fix what you refuse to see. So I'm going to ask you seven questions. Seven questions that really uh, challenge you, and that's because they challenge me, to honestly assess, am I leading with a clenched fist or am I leading with a loose grip? And I want you to think about these questions with regard to your personal life, with regard to your leadership, and with regard to your business. Okay, number one, have your attitude, actions, and well-being become beholden to a specific outcome? I'm going to say it again. Have your attitude, actions, and well-being become beholden to a specific outcome? Now, there's a couple things that are really important here. Your attitude, actions, and well-being should be things that you can internally control. You can control how you think and feel. You can control how you act and you can control your internal level of centeredness versus scatteredness, right? You should be able to control those. But the minute you allow the control of those things to be given to an external outcome that you do not have direct control over, you are operating from a posture of clenched fist leadership. So often we see that people set a revenue goal or they set a team goal or they set a business goal or they set a personal growth goal or a leadership goal. They apply themselves to a path for growth, but it is not a path for healthy growth. It's a path for toxic growth. And the reason why I know that is because they need to reach that destination. And the imperative word to understand there is the word need. Here's the deal. I have a lot of goals. I have a lot of habits. I have a lot of dreams for the future, for this business, for my leadership, and for my life. I do not need for those things to occur. I want for them to occur. Of course, I desire for them to occur. But there's a difference between wanting something and needing something. And we can get so psychologically and mentally and emotionally wrapped up around a specific destination that we cripple and paralyze our ability to have a positive and passionate and healthy attitude in the present. If you have allowed your internal centeredness to be tied to an external outcome, you are operating from a posture of clenched fist leadership, and it's time to start loosening the grip. Let's go to question number two. Is worry about work keeping you from being present at home? I'm going to ask it again. Be honest with yourself. Is worry about work keeping you from being present at home? I believe it's Joyce Meyer that once said, worry is a down payment on a debt that may never come due. And we hear that and it's kind of funny, honestly, because it's like, man, that's so true. And at the same time, I'm so prone to worry. I'm so prone to operate in anxiety. I am so prone to think about all the things in the context of what if. And I will tell you, like, if this is you, I relate so much to you because I can, I can just go through these hypothetical gymnastics on every possible what if scenario in my head. And I call it planning. And in reality, it's worrying because the thing that you need to recognize is that planning has a sense of direction to it. Worry does not. 
Worry sits there and operates in an absence of information and considers all the negative possible outcomes that occur. That has zero sense of direction, right? That is not helpful in any possible way. And so we sit and we stew in a pool of worry about what could happen. And more often than not, those what coulds lean to the negative. That's not helpful. It's not healthy. And it's also not action-oriented or effective at all. Right. So one of the things that we need to recognize that when we operate in a state or season of worry, we are by nature clenching our fist on our leadership because we're saying, I need to know the things that I can't possibly know. Now, if there's things that you can know that you don't know, just go about knowing those things, right? Because that's been put under your purview. It's been put under your umbrella. And sometimes your worry is just fear because you haven't done the correct level of preparation, right? So do the preparation, know the things that you need to know. But once you've got that stuff, you've got to have a level of internal freedom about you. And that comes from having a loose grip. And saying, I don't know what's going to happen there. I could run through every hypothetical in the book and there would still be 10,000 more that I haven't run through. And it's okay. I don't need to know every possible situation that could unfold because I'm trusting that we will be able to handle whatever comes our way. So number one was have your attitude, actions, and well-being become beholden to an outcome. Number two was is worry about work keeping you from being present at home? Number three, do you need to be involved in the process? A lot of times we see this take place in the life of business owners and business leaders that they try to delegate work, but maybe they delegate a month-long project or a quarterly-long project, and they have an inability to remain distant from that project because they need to be involved in the process. I also see this when leaders, and this can oftentimes occur with mid-level managers in an organization, they, they can't not be in the meeting. And one of the things that I believe is a hallmark of effective management and effective leadership is can your team meet without you? Can your team run an effective meeting without you being present? Now, I'm not saying you should be absent at every meeting, but you should be able to be absent at one meeting. And so if you need to be involved in the process, that's a great sign that you might be leading with a clenched fist and it's time to start loosening the grip. Okay, let's go to number four. Are you overextended and overcommitted and yet unwilling to let go? This is so, so, so crucial. I want to ask you really clearly, and I want you to listen to me, and I want you to really answer this question. Are you overextended? Are you overcommitted? If your answer to that question is yes... I want to let you know that you have a choice. You do not have to stay that way. And if you need to release or prune or remove some things from your schedule in order to get to a spot where you are no longer overextended or overcommitted, that is entirely within your power. But so often we portray ourselves as being victim to our schedule. You are not a victim to your schedule. Your calendar is not running this show. You are running this show. And so you have to decide that I have overcommitted and then you need to have the humility to say, I'm not able to deliver on all of these commitments. Or maybe I can, but I shouldn't. 
And therefore, I need to honestly apologize and try to receive grace from people and say, I'm sorry, I completely overcommitted and I need to weigh reel in the number of things that I'm attending to in this season. This is one of the greatest challenges that I believe faces impact-driven leaders. And, and I love you. You are the people that our business exists to serve, right? And I can relate and empathize so much to this. But one of the greatest temptations we have is to live in a state of perpetual overcommitment and overextension. But here's the deal. You have a choice. You have the ability to say no. You have the ability to discontinue things. You have the ability to not do things. And maybe you have to apologize, but I would rather you apologize for commitments that you shouldn't be doing than follow through on them. Are you overcommitted and overextended, but unwilling to let go? If you're unwilling to let go of the things you know you shouldn't be doing, you have a clenched fist. And it's time to take a deep breath, and it's time to start loosening your grip. Okay, let's jump to the next one. Sorry, none of these are very light. (laughs) I probably should have prepped you for that at the outset. Like, we're not really doing any lightweight stuff on today's episode, and really, I can't remember the the last time we did lightweight stuff on this podcast, but just... Take a deep breath, okay, and and you can't fix what you can't see, so this should be really encouraging for you if you're answering yes to some of these questions, because this can be one of those moments where you say no more, and it's not going to happen all at once. It's going to be a process, but you can say no more. You have the agency. You have the ability to do that. So let's move on to the next one. Is your health, family, or faith suffering because of prolonged seasons of overwork? Now, one of the things that Patrick Hummel said in his podcast interview on this podcast that I thought was really effective and useful for the impact-driven leader is he says, it's okay to operate in times of imbalance, right? This idea that it's like, oh, I spend this many hours at work, and then I spend this many hours at home, and everything is always perfect all the time, and my voice never goes beyond seven decibels, and I'm just perfectly calm, and I always keep my hands clasped, and I'm always just such a joy to be around. (laughs) That's operating out of the realm of reality, okay? That doesn't exist. There are seasons of imbalance. There's seasons where you really have to hustle at work, and you have to go all in on a specific project or on a specific new hire or on a specific thing you want to see done. There's seasons where you have to go all in at home and say, I'm going to be with my family. I'm going to turn off my phone. We're going to go on vacation. But here's the deal. If you ever get to a spot where you're for a season, for an extended period of time, your family, your health, and your faith are suffering because of your overwork, you have a clenched fist without a shadow of a doubt. Again, you have the ability and the agency to hit stop. So stop allowing work to run the show. Stop allowing growth for the sake of growth to run the show. We're talking about healthy growth, not growth for the sake of growth, growth for the sake of impact. But if you make all the impact in the world and in doing so lose your family, your health, and your faith, have you really won? We think sometimes that we will go through seasons of compounding misery, and that is what will result in this one day being fulfilled and passionate and happy. That's not true, folks. It's not true. You're not going to stack month after month after month after month of compounding misery and one day say, oh my gosh, everything is now great. No. 
Choose to draw boundaries right now. Choose to draw lines right now. Choose to make decisions that will result in your grip loosening right now. Next question. Are you actively working to portray an image of having it all figured out? This one is right out of the Alex Judd playbook, folks. And it's something that I'm learning and something something that I'm striving towards right now. But really, before I started this business, honestly, I felt this a lot. I felt the pressure of needing to have the answers. And I know because I I get to talk one-on-one with leaders every day now that this is not a temptation that only I struggle with. So I know that some of you that I'm talking to right now, you feel pressured to have all the answers. And it was such a powerful day when I recognized that I could tell clients who were paying me to be their coach that there are some things that I just don't know or I'm not the expert on. And so now there's times where I just say, you know, I honestly don't know the answer to that question, but I can do my best to help you find an answer, or I can do my best to help connect you to someone that does. I don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all figured out. But when you set the expectation for yourself that you do, you are holding yourself to an expectation that will never come true. And therefore, your fist will be clenched. You don't have to have it all figured out. Here's the expectation that you should set for yourself. I'm going to do my best. And in the absence of information or the presence of a mistake, I'm going to own it and make up for it. I'm going to do my best. And in the absence of information, because I don't know the answer or the presence of a mistake, I'm going to own it and move forward. You don't have to have it all figured out. So don't work to portray that image because if you portray that image, then you will have to maintain that image. And that's not healthy and it's also not helpful. Final question. Have you lost the ability to love what you do right now? The thing I always think about with regard to this question is in college, there would be times where I would talk to someone and be like, oh, like, what what are you going to like? What What's your dream job? What do you want to be able to do? And they say, oh, man, I, I want to be a biomedical engineer. I have nothing against biomedical engineers, by the way. Brilliant. Some of my some of my good friends are biomedical engineers. Just absolutely brilliant career path. Right. But I just remember I would talk to people in college. What do you, what do you want to do? Well, I want to be a biomedical engineer. OK, very cool. Well, how, how are classes going? Like, how are you doing? And they say, oh, I just man, I hate my classes. Just can't stand them. Uh, Oh, well, like any particular classes? Oh, yeah, my biomedical engineering classes. What? What? I mean, my goodness, why why would you want to become a biomedical engineer if the thing that you literally hate right now is your biomedical engineering classes? But so often, again, we believe that day after day after day after day after day after day of doing things that we do not love will result in one day doing something we love. False, wrong, incorrect. I'm going to find ways to love what I do right now. And more often than not, and we're going to talk about this in the next episode, we can actually find a way to love most of what we're doing because that oftentimes is a choice as well. But if it's impossible, if you are unable and incapable of finding a way to love what you are spending most of your time on right now, find a different way. Find something else to do. Again, you have way more agency and way more sense of choice than we often give ourselves credit for. So those are the seven questions that I want you to consider. I want you to think about. I want you to evaluate. And I know that it's a little bit of a, a, a lot to drop on you. And that's why we put these questions in the PDF and that's available in the show notes. You can print these out and we're also going to put it in the email list. I'm going to send out these questions. So if you're signed up for the Path for Growth emails that we send out with all of this content, we'll send 
send that via the email list as well. So we'll also put the sign up for that in the show notes of this episode. So let's close this out. Why is it so important that we address this issue? Because leading with a clenched fist creates anxiety that increases proportional to your growth. If you don't figure this out right now and you're leading from a posture of being continuously and consistently anxious, then don't expect that that anxiety is going to be diminished by growth. That anxiety, if you are operating in in it now, it will be amplified by growth. Leading with a clenched fist creates fear that you will one day lose control. And here's the deal. There's irrational fear and there's rational fear. And I would say that this is a very rational fear because you will one day lose control. You cannot control everything all the time. And so you will be living in a state of fear and paranoia that the truth will one day come true. Why would you lead with a clenched fist? And then finally, leading with a clenched fist creates resentment that you can't have or retain the thing that you need most, control. I've seen it time and time again where a leader is part of a growing organization that they are embittered by. And the reason why they are embittered by it is because people are constantly taking control from them. And in reality, they should be overjoyed by that, especially if it's done by the proper way and they're not clenching their fist trying to retain it. But because they view it as theirs, it's essentially an act of thievery and they can't give up control. And so they become resentful. Don't be that leader. It's okay. Loosen your grip. You can be confident. You can be secure. You can have faith that this is all going to result in everyone rising if you have that level of an abundance mentality. The final thing that I want you to know is that clenched fist leadership causes toxic growth. It does. It, it, it is absolutely a cause. If you do this, you may grow and it may even result in quick initial growth. But that growth is ultimately going to become toxic because you are going to be the bottleneck on your organization. But then here's the other thing I want you to know. Clinch fist leadership causes toxic growth, but toxic growth then causes clinch fist leadership. Because if you engage in toxic growth, then the biggest thing that you still need is absolute control. Because you have to retain the top position over this monster that you're building. And so it becomes this absolutely sinister cycle that you get caught up in and it's incredibly difficult to get out of. But if you are in that cycle, what I want you to know is that the best time to stop was yesterday. The second best option is right now. You have to decide. You have to resolve that I am going to take part in a series of actions that will result in me loosening my grip. Because impact-driven leaders consistently, this is not a one-time thing, they consistently challenge themselves, challenge themselves and others to loosen their grip. And that is what loose grip leadership is all about. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the next episode on this podcast. We're going to talk about what is loose grip leadership characterized by? What does it look like? And then really, what are some practical actions that you can take every single day? I'm going to talk to you some of the things that I've done just in the past few months with regard to our business to start loosening my grip. And it's like, I can feel my life coming back. I can feel my energy coming back. I can feel my faith coming back. And it's just, I'm having more fun than I've ever had. And it's because my grip is loosening. And I want so bad to share that with you. So make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast because we want to make sure that next episode comes directly to your feed. Y'all, I know this was a lot today and my goal was to encourage you, but it was also to challenge you because I believe that a good coach is someone that can say, wake up and turn around. And if we are leading with a clenched fist, then I believe path for growth's best way that we can serve you is to say, wake up 
and turn around. Time to start loosening the grip. Hey, remember, we're rooting for you. We want to see you win. My strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.